You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. It is the weekend and Sacks in the Basement with another 30 minutes of White Sox baseball talk for fans, by fans, all socks. Here from my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side, my buddy Dave, friends for over four decades, sitting at the other end of the bar. We'll get to him in moments. Reminder, this is all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, our proud sponsors. Very good folks over there. Veteran-owned business. They give a portion of their proceeds to veteran and first responder organizations. They also take money off if you mention that you heard about them on Socks in the Basement. The phone number is sitting right on the logo. You heard the commercial before the show. And remember, the website is famws.com. Give them a call for any waterproofing, foundation, or any other needs that you may have in your basement. And trust me, they'll just check out things you're worried about for free and tell you if it needs to be fixed. They are a no pressure type of business. Trust me, I have already dealt with them and they are maybe the easiest people I've ever had to deal with when it comes to something going on in my home that may need to be repaired. In a little bit here, we're going to be joined by another fan podcast of another MLB team and we're going to try to work out a trade much like we did with a Pirates podcast recently. We're going to have some fun today trying to work out another deal. Meanwhile, the White Sox making some moves. Before we get to what's going on this week, though, my friend, Dave, uh, I'm really hoping that we're getting to the end of this anger, the anger over Tony La Russa being hired, the anger over Rick Hahn uh, having his legs cut out from underneath him by the owner, Jerry Reinstorf, and Jerry's buddy being forced upon him, all of the stuff that's floating around La Russa. I know you've had an awful lot of time by cutting White Sox baseball out of your life to do other things. It is so liberating, Chris. I have, I never knew, I never knew what my full potential could actually be. You know, all you just need is the right guidance. You know, it's a shame too because none of these White Sox players are ever going to find their full potential under Tony Larusa. Uh, is is he dead? By the way, no, he's not dead. Stop asking that. So the the point is. Is that, you know, I like I've run out of Danielle Steele novels. She's got quite the catalog. You know, like I'm still working on my pottery thing. Um, but I mean, you know, it 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 it's kind of messy and you need certain supplies. So what are you for doing it. now? What Chris, are you doing now? Have you ever done any spelunking? All right, you're ridiculous. We're I'm not talking to you anymore. Just just sit there and be quiet. Spelunking. The White Sox made some moves this week. Uh first thing they did was something we talked about a couple months ago. Uh, we also talked about it a few weeks ago on this show, and I also went on the Future Sox podcast within the last week and a half and said it as well. The Sox were going to put three guys specifically on their 40-man roster to protect them from the upcoming Rule 5 draft. They had to do that by the end of the day on Friday the 20th, and the moves were exactly how it was predicted on this show. Tyler Johnson, pitcher, Gavin Sheets, first baseman, now trying out the outfield a little bit in the minor leagues, and Jake Berger a guy who I believe someday could be a second baseman for this team. I know that's kind of out there, but it's possible. The three of them have been added to the 40-man roster. That brought us to 39 on the 40, and then the White Sox went out and picked up a waived pitcher by the name of Emilio Vargas, 
who spent his entire career to date in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. They tried to pass him through waivers, and the Sox were able to snag him up. First of all, good job by the White Sox. You protect the three highest-ranked prospects that could have been snagged in the Rule 5 draft. And the pickup of Vargas is a really good one. This is a nice pickup of this pitcher. Let me tell you a little bit about Emilio Vargas. He passes the Chris Lanuti whip test. I'm always talking about how I measure pitchers. And I think it's very simple to look at a pitcher. Everybody has their their one stat they look at that they love the most when they're evaluating a player. Mine is the whip when it comes to pitchers. Walks and hits per innings pitched. How many people do you put on base? If you don't put a lot of people on base, it's very unlikely you're going to give up a lot of runs. You're not going to put your team in a bind. You're not going to put stress on your defense. I don't care if you're striking out guys or not striking out guys. I care about how many guys get to leave home plate and head down the first. And I've always said an effective pitcher has to be below a 1.30 whip. There's a few guys that can do it if they're a little bit above it, but my eyes light up when I can see a pitcher stay under that 1.30 whip as a starter. And that's what Vargas has been doing. He's been starting games in single A and now in double A over the last couple of years. And that whip is firm. His entire minor league career, a 1.211 whip. In 2019, a 1.125, where most of his time was spent in AA. In fact, he had 17 starts and 17 appearances in Jackson in the Southern League. The year before that in Jackson, he was called up for six starts, and over those six starts, a 1.093 whip. Now look, this guy didn't get to play in 2020. The Diamondbacks, for some reason, didn't value him that much. And the White Sox, I think, made a smart move here with one spot open on the 40-man. I mean, the guy's not going to show up on any list. MLB.com, with the top 100 prospects and the top 30 for each team, did not have him listed on the Arizona Diamondbacks' top 30, and he's not moved into the White Sox' top 30. But not every guy that makes it to the majors ends up on that list beforehand. He'll be entering his year 24 season. He missed his year 23 because of COVID. This is a smart pickup by the White Sox. If and when they decide they're going to sign somebody here in free agency, it also means somebody's getting thrown off the 40-man to make the move because we're full now. The guy I have right now circled is Jose Ruiz. Also, Nomar Mazara may be non-tendered, so you might release him before that deadline. Same thing for Reynaldo Lopez and Carlos Rodan. Those are probably the four names right now that got to be a little bit nervous that they may not be on the White Sox very much longer, especially because rumors persist that George Springer is still a hot topic for the White Sox as they try to jump the market just like they did this time last year with Yasmani Grandal. We've heard that on this show. We're seeing that buzz. We're hearing that from sources around and in the White Sox organization. This is their target right now is Springer. We don't know if it's going to work out. There is no fire yet there, but there's definitely smoke, and they're probably in competition with the New York Mets. But as the roster sits right now, we're sitting right at 40. And if you need to open up a spot to add a right fielder, a DH, another guy on the bench, and two starting pitchers, which is something that we said the White Sox are likely to do, you're going to need to non-tender three guys and drop two guys that are on your 40-man. So roster moves are going to continue to happen with this team. Speaking of roster moves, on the other side of this break, we're going to Texas to try to acquire pitching. Another simulated trade talk to see if the White Sox have what it takes to acquire a frontline starter. On Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. 
I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. Whether it's physical activity or off-season stress, Creaky Bone's gonna help you out. Use that promo code BASEMENT, 20% off your order, right now at creakybone.com. Once again, joined by another Major League Baseball team's fan podcast. This podcast covers the Texas Rangers, the Rangers Nation podcast, and on the line with me right now, the recliner nerd. Sir, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Chris. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. I'm having a blast doing this. What we do is we reach out to other podcasts that cover uh, Major League Baseball teams and see if we can work out a trade. Socks in the Basement is a podcast that's for fans and by fans, and and you guys seem like uh, some regular old Ranger fans that that sit around and do a, a fun little podcast covering the Texas Rangers. And wasn't an exciting season for you, not as exciting as ours was in 2020. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you and your fan base see the Rangers this offseason? Is it a build? Is it a retool? Is it we're only a couple pieces away? Like, what are you guys looking for? Yeah, so the Rangers took a step back this year. Actually, I think going into the season, if you remember before the season, the Rangers made the trade after they they were they were uh, one of the teams that was thought to be in on Anthony Rendon, ended up not getting him, and, uh, and went to the second phase of that. They ended up signing Todd Frazier, which was a, a very – different player than Anthony Rendon, but made the trade uh, for Corey Kluber with the Indians. And so the rotation coming into 2020 was probably, I mean, you had Corey, you had uh, Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, Corey Kluber, uh, Kyle Gibson, and Jordan Lyles. And that was, uh, by some, even some in uh, uh, talking heads throughout baseball thought to be maybe one of, if not the best uh, rotation in the American League, uh, if those guys all hit and did what they were capable of doing, what Miner had done uh, the year before. Lance Lynn, of course, is a hoss, no matter where he's at, um, and has really turned it on in Texas. And then, you know, Corey Kluber threw one inning and was gone for the year. Uh, Mike Miner wasn't the way he was. Uh, Gibson was fine and serviceable, but we had no offense. Uh, when you got to score and you can't score, um, that's where things fall apart. And so, uh, the Rangers came out after the season, they fell back, uh, they traded away, uh, minor, uh, got some, something decent back for, you know, got, got a, a couple of, little, uh, minor league, uh, players for, from the Oakland for, uh, minor, uh, Lance Lynn was, they were asking for more, but their understanding was from John. Dent. Now, let me be clear too. I'm also credentialed. So I, I get to, sit in with some of these guys on interviews and see what's going on uh, with the Rangers. And John Daniels said that talks for Lance Lynn, even though they didn't come down by the August 31st deadline, there were still some teams they were talking with that this can, this could continue into the off season and that deal's not dead. So he is definitely possibly on the block and they said they were not going to spend more money. And this year was about letting the kids play. And basically we're stepped back and we're more, uh, falling a little more back into our rebuild. So we're probably still a couple of years away. 
All right. Well, that's music to my ears as a White Sox fan because we're ready to go, baby. All right. Uh, first off, before we start the trade, I'd like to do, would you like Nomar Mazara back? Can we just give him to you? Maybe you could send us a bucket of balls. How did you rip us off on that thing? It's not like we gave you anything that was that great. It was just two friends who hang out with each other. It's obvious that Han and Daniels are like buddies. They're like, you know, we haven't made any uh, real moves here in the winter meetings. You guys want to swap a few uh, guys that really don't mean much? But you can have him back, man, because we are. I don't think he's getting offered arbitration. I think he's going to be non-tendered. Well, I saw that. I saw that. He really – look, look. Uh, Mazzara was amazing coming up. And when he first got to the Rangers, he started out hot. That guy can, has got major, major power. I mean, that guy can hit the ball a long way, 500 feet easy if he gets a hold of it. But he is. He's got some sw- He's got some miss in his swing there. Uh, we'll take him back, but we're not giving back Walker Steele. We like him. <laughs> so we're, I mean, if you want us to just take him, I'll send over a bucket of balls or maybe, you know what? Uh, how about an Uber account? And then y'all can give that to Larusa after every game to make sure he's got a ride home. So, Oh, sick burn. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. So I was looking at your team and I, I heard that you, you listened to us uh, speak with the, the pirates podcast last week. So you kind of know how this goes uh, very much like that team. Uh, you guys are very light in the MLB top 100 prospect list. You have the 50th and 69th highest prospects in Josh Young and uh, Sam Huff. And that's it. Sam Huff, right. nice-looking player, by the way. Uh, I, I I snagged him up in fantasy baseball and think that he's going to be a guy that's going to provide a lot of offense. And I would be excited if the Rangers played him an awful lot in 2021. That said, looking at what's going on right now down the minor leagues, you need to add some pieces. You need to find some guys. I want to continue those talks that I believe were going on between the White Sox and the Rangers for Lance Lynn. We've heard an awful lot about the fact that the White Sox were kicking the tires and seeing if they could get something done before the trade deadline. There is still some buzz around here that the Sox would still be interested in him. In the end, though, it's only one year. Right. So I'm not breaking the bank to pick up a guy who's coming off, let's be honest, his best two years with the exception of his all-star season when he was 25 years old, right. way back at the beginning of his career. The, the, these last two seasons have really been his best but I just don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting good things from him, but there's no guarantee I have him past 2021. So that's where I'm looking at it. I don't know if you've looked at my team or anything like that, but what what are you interested in? Well, there's a couple ways. So, so the Rangers want a couple of things, first of all. First of all, what they would love to have uh, is, a, is a good middle infielder or a corner bat, uh, may, maybe some outfield help, or they want controllable pitching. Um, the guys that you have that – that I love, there's no way Lance Lynn's going to bring that back. You know, that's just not going to happen as far as fielding players uh, uh, that play out in the field. So, you you know, someone like a, a Madrigal or a, or a Vaughn, that's, that, that's not happening. That's a, that's a blockbuster deal, so that's not going to happen. So you're probably looking, if you're going to switch out Lance Lynn, who's going to obviously slide into your rotation right away, um, you're looking maybe at something on a straight-up basis, maybe someone in return that could do the same that's more controllable, maybe like a Lynn for Cease or a Lynn for Dunning, uh, straight up. Uh, I think the Rangers would listen to that. Um, it'd be somebody that, that that's not going to put up the numbers Lynn does, but comes back here and he's under control for a few more years and could settle into this rotation and probably be a three or four uh, easy. Um, that's something that on a start like that, I don't know if the Sox are willing to give up one of their major league youngsters there on that, but I'm sure the Rangers would listen straight up. If I went straight up and gave you Reynaldo Lopez, would you be interested in him? 
No, you'd have to add something on Lopez. Uh, <laughs> Lopez, <laughs> Lopez would, would add something else. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Lopez and maybe something, you know, L- Lopez isn't bad, but you're probably, to go along with Lopez, they're going to they're gonna ask for the moon uh, and probably try to get someone like a Thompson or a Stever to go along with it. Um um, if you're going to go, if you're not going to go with someone in, that's major league ready, you're going to have someone close. Then maybe, you know, like like I said, Lopez or Stever. Maybe you're looking at something like a Stever, and and even going if you get someone like Stever who's in your top, what is he, your number seven prospect, a, a good young pitcher, right on the cusp of, of coming into the major leagues. Um, they probably want something else, but maybe go down lower, something like a Lennon Sosa or a Gavin Sheets down lower down there. Maybe something like a Stever Sheets, something like that. Sox may not be willing to part with that. And, uh, you know, and the Rangers, look, there's all this talk about the Rangers could hang on to, to uh, Lynn and try to extend him. They're not going to do that. They've said they're going young. I love the guy. would love him to, to anchor a rotation. But the guy's, the guy's 33 years old. Um, he, he, he is open to extending. So he might be somebody that goes into, goes into someone like Chicago, uh, get a trade, get it together, and he's willing to listen to a couple-year extension on there, and you have him for two or three years. And even if he's not the ace of your staff, that guy's going to eat innings. I'm interested in making this deal now because I've heard a couple of names here. So now I would I feel like the White Sox have a lot of young pitching. And in my mind, you never know how a pitching prospect's going to work out. For every Lucas Giolito that struggles, gets it together, and now is up at the top of your rotation – You've got a Reynaldo Lopez who I'm trying to deal to you and you're laughing at me saying I need something else. <laughs> I think that's just how this whole thing works. So I look at what the White Sox have and I think to myself, all right, looking at what they have, knowing that they're probably going to go out and pick up a couple of free agent pitchers, you don't need all these pitching prospects. I would make a deal, but I would probably, I'm still not ready to give up Dylan Cease. And I'm still not ready. I don't want to give up on a Dane Dunning because I think Dane Dunning can end up being our fifth starter this year. So I I, I don't want to give up on them. But I, I am interested. I would make a deal where I would throw a, uh, a Jonathan Stever your way. And then you mentioned a, a player that's a little bit lower down on the list in a Lennon Sosa. If I gave you a Stever and a Sosa for one year of Lance Lynn, how intrigued are you by that? My ears have perked up. Look, look we're obviously not going to compete for the West. You've got the, the Astros coming back, although they're not going to be as good. I think the team, the team to beat in the West is going to be the A's. And watch out for the Mariners. Um, that's somebody that, that I think they're on the rise, which makes me sick to my stomach. But, um, you know, the Rangers just aren't there yet. And so um, I'm listening. Uh, Sosa down low, Stever is another one to have, another, another young arm. Look, the Rangers have a bunch of these guys, the guys that – that could easily slide into a rotation that need to get the, the innings. Um, someone like a Joe Palumbo, a Taylor Hearn. Um, you know, we've got, got Kobe Allard, stuff like that that we had that could easily be four or five starters this year, number four or five starter. But you need about four or five of those guys. You need, uh, you need two that can do your fourth and fifth starters and two or three that are down at AAA eating innings and kind of rotating because they're not going to get 150 to 200 innings. They're not ready. Their arms probably aren't there yet. Um, I, I would love another one like Stever. You know, he would be good. Matt, Matthew Thompson's intriguing. He's a little younger. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Sosa and Stever, um, I tell you what, I, I think we're drawing up paperwork. That's awesome. I would do. And you know what? And then I'm going to tell you, I would have, just for the exercise, right now I just traded Jonathan Stever and Lennon Sosa, young shortstop, 
down in AAA right now, not expected till 2023, according to the MLB pipeline. He's the 25th prospect in our system to acquire a year of Lance Lynn. But you know what? I might even have thrown in a third player on that one. I I, I don't. It might have been a. It might have been another relief pitcher. It might have been an outfielder. I might have sat there and said, you know, let's do a player to be named later. I, I yep. I'm going to tell you there there's a lot there though that the Rangers would like. I think that's the point of this. The Rangers have likes, and the price is not as high because Lynn is only one year of control. And the Rangers are at a position right now where they need to refill what's going on in their minor league system. So we just were able to acquire Lance Lynn. You got yourself a couple of really nice prospects. I think Jonathan Stever is going to do very well for you. It seems like people are always asking about him, and I'm ready to give him up. So watch him become absolutely <laughs> incredible, and everybody will laugh at me for years to come. But if, if it turns out that he never turns into like a stud pitcher, I'm a genius right now because I've sold him to two teams in two weeks. Well, yeah, but also, and people forget this too. I mean, look, the you know, the, the, when, when you when Rangers go back and look at trades that happen, they look, they always go back to the Mark Teixeira trade when uh, John Daniels was first first took over as general manager, and he, he pulled off the Mark Teixeira trade to the to the uh, uh, to the Braves, and the the centerpiece of that trade w- was uh, the switch hitting catcher was their top prospect. Uh, coming back, uh, Salta Lamakia. And everyone thought that that was it. But in that trade, they ended up getting five prospects. There were these names they didn't heard of, you know, names like Elvis Andrus, names like uh, go down the line. There were four guys that ended up playing on the World Series team off that, that, that or three guys that came up, uh, uh, Matt Harrison, Elvis Andrus, and uh, Neftali Feliz, who was the closer. And all of those guys with throw-ins at the bottom, you get these young guys with high ceilings because – who knows what Sosa does? Sosa is the one. Stever doesn't pan out, but Sosa ends up being the everyday second baseman. We both won on that trade, especially if Lynn comes in and does anything close to what he's done with us. Man, being the third guy in that, that rotation, you guys are looking strong. Yeah, and you know what? And the thing that I like about uh, the reason I would trade Sosa is not because he's so low on the list. It's because I also look at the fact the Sox have another middle infielder that I think is going to get to us a little bit quicker in Yolbert Sanchez. And also because Tim Anderson's raking in as a centerpiece of the team. And unless I'm going to deal Nick Madrigal away, and I don't know if we're going to end up doing that or not, there's not a lot of room right now for Sosa to come up here in the next couple of years because I got a young middle infield. I got a blockbuster. You want a blockbuster? Oh, you want to do a blockbuster with me? You want to make a proposal to me? This is fun. Okay, here we go. What do you got? You need a right fielder. Let's say you don't do the deal with Pittsburgh and you still need a right fielder. You need Lance Lynn, right? How about Joey Gallo? Right. And Lance Lamb and Rubenet Odor for Nick Madrigal, Jared Kelly, Jonathan Stever, and a player to be named later. Someone like a Bailey, a Ramos, or a Gladney. Ooh. You know what? Here's the thing. I know on paper that that makes sense. And like, there's part of me that goes like, pull the trigger on that, right? I know that, that a lot of that on paper. But I'm going to tell you, there is something about Joey Gallo that I has never made me excited about him as a player. It's the amount of strikeouts. It's the like streakiness. And I just think that... As White Sox fans, we've seen too many players like that. And yeah, I know what he brings and I, I know what he's capable of, but I I want I want more consistency out of my guys. That's what I've been trying to look for when I'm making these deals. That's a really good you know, that's a that's a really fair proposal. I'm at least gonna give you that. That's a fair proposal. I'm just not a big Gallo fan. But who knows? Maybe Rick Hahn is. You can't pay attention to twenty twenty on Gallo. Let me tell you what happened to Gallo in twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen was a good gauge of where he was. Strikeouts went way down, and, and the walks went up. And basically, you got to look at his OPS. He gets on base a lot. They, they shift him tremendously, but we moved into the new stadium. The new stadium wouldn't carry him like they thought, but he ended up still leading the team in home runs. 
I think he had, a, and he admitted even in, in the interviews that he had a little bit of a mental block when he first took batting practice over there. And I was on the field when he did it and he wasn't just banging him out of there. When that roof was closed, it wasn't carrying like normal, but the guy's six foot five, 240 pounds. It's just a matter of, it was the first time he was hitting it. It was right after the winter. And, uh, he really started hitting the ball good. The, the deal is, Joey has to be protected in your lineup. So you need someone like Jose Abreu or someone like that in the lineup. When he was there and he had, in 2019, he had some, some good bats there with him. And he ended up, he started out the season, made the All-Star game. Um, when you had to pitch to Joey Gallo, he would make you pay for it. He's got a great eye. He gets on base and walks a lot. He does have a strikeout, but that's because he swings from his heels. And that's the way he was taught to hit. He started bunting more last year, and towards the last month of the season, his numbers weren't bad at all. Um, but that guy right there, the only reason I'm even looking at it is because he's got Scott Boris. I mean, Joey Gallo is a centerpiece for the Rangers and will probably be, but they've got Scott Boris as the agent. So you know how that works with Boris. He usually takes him to free agency. I think Gallo's available for free agency in 2023 um, after his arbitration years. But that's, that guy right there, and see, Odor is the one that's in everybody's uh, – He's in he's in the uh, outhouse here in Texas. Everyone's tired of Odor for the contract he signed. But if I'm getting Madrigal back, you're going to need a second baseman. That guy hit 30 home runs three years, um, and, but he's only hitting about 200. I think he needs to be – what people didn't understand with Odor, and I kept screaming, is he doesn't need to be a one, two, or three hitter. He needs to be an eight or nine uh, hitter in the lineup. That's where he needs to be. He's going to see more pitches down there after you know going through the front six or seven for you guys. I bet he hits 250, 25, 30 home runs and gets on base a lot more. But he's got that 14-man-a-year contract, and that's what we're asking you to take off our hands. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, what you're doing is you're solving an awful lot of problems with one big trade, right? And it, it, it doesn't feel like I'm giving up an absolute ton for it. It really doesn't. It doesn't seem like I'm giving up a ton, and I'm just kind of giving you guys a chance to get out from underneath a few things. And so part of me wants to go, yeah, sure. And the other part of me goes, there's something I'm missing here. I would definitely, like you said earlier, you, you, you perked my ears. You piqued my interest with that one. I'll be curious to see what socks in the basement listeners think about that proposal. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, we the white Sox might need to call you back on that one. So I really appreciate you joining me once again, folks, if you ever want to hear about the Rangers it's the Rangers nation podcast. Okay. Go check out the recliner nerd and, and the rest of his crew as they sit down and they talk Rangers. You're available on iTunes. I saw that or Apple podcast. Everywhere there's a podcast. We're on it. Yeah. There you go. Excellent job. Uh, recliner nerd. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll catch up again in the, in the uh, regular season when the Sox play the Rangers. You got it, Chris. We'll see you, buddy. Sox in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. 
You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. You know what I enjoy about sitting with another podcast and trying to work out a trade is that you realize that other fans, look, they love their players just as much as we love our players, but they're willing to give up their players and the guys they're interested in, you're kind of surprised. Like there was an admission right there. We don't need one of your top guys. We don't expect one of your top guys for Lance Lynn. But the other thing I take from that conversation, just like last week with the Pirates podcast, Nick Madrigal is somebody that all these teams are interested in. Like he's getting mentioned every time somebody comes and talks to the White Sox or the White Sox knock on somebody's door. That's the impression I'm getting so far early on in this exercise. Then the fact that Jonathan Stever is a popular candidate to be acquired. Before we get out of here, it sounds like Miguel Cairo is your new bench coach to sit next to Tony La Russa. So now a new pitching coach and a new bench coach as the staff is slowly coming together. Cairo actually played for La Russa when he was with the Cardinals. He played for a lot of teams over 17 years. So he has a connection with Tony. He also was a special assistant to Reds general manager Walt Jockety and Dick Williams. For five years, Jockety and La Russa have a good relationship. And he most recently was a Yankees minor league infield coordinator. And I'm going to tell you something. I like the hire. I like this hire as much as I liked the pitching coach hire. I think this was Han saying, you know what? We like this guy and we think Tony will like him too. It's got to be very interesting right now. The dynamic in there with Rick Han and a manager that he didn't hire. Well, he hired him, but he didn't actually want to hire him. But it's good news that they're working together and finding candidates. Now let's go get some pitching and a right fielder. Next show on Socks in the Basement, Jason Martinez from Fangraphs is going to sit down and talk with us. Really want to dive into some additions that the White Sox may make and also Fangraphs observations about the White Sox in 2020 and what they may look like in 2021. Thanks for tuning in this weekend. Sorry there was a bit of a delay. Sometimes you got to put family first. My daughter turned 15. Yes, I have a 15-year-old daughter now. She wants a learner's permit and freedom. This is why I built a bar in my basement. Tip for all the young dads out there. Get one of those for yourself. You're going to need it someday. Have a great rest of your weekend. And remember that each and every Socks in the Basement show is available on demand all the time, everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.